is Emma from She and They, and on today's podcast, I've got Dylan here to have a chat with me. As you've probably seen on the She and They blog, and if you've listened to any other podcasts as well, there's been a lot of talk about my side, so that's the partner's side, of Dylan's transition to gender neutral. So I thought that it would be quite interesting to get Dylan here to actually talk about uh, their perspective and what it's been like for them during this transition and basically all things gender neutral. So hi Dylan. Hello. <laughs> uh, so Dylan, when did you first realize that your birth assigned gender didn't quite fit? <clears throat> um, I think I would have been around three years old, four years old. Wow. Um, and I just remember discovering for the first time that my body, I guess, wasn't the same as the, you know, I had a couple of really close guy friends go, growing up, um, Scotty and Pete, <laughs> and just realizing one day that, um, I guess they saw a difference in me. And <laughs> until that point, you know, I'd been invited to, um, you know, lots of boys' birthday parties and being the only girl at the birthday party. And I remember it wasn't until, um, yeah, around that time in preschool where another kid identified me as not a boy that mm. I began to kind of, I guess, realise that I wasn't the same. So you didn't really see anything as being gendered until that point? Or you saw everyone as boys? Or yeah, just I think I just saw me as um, one of the boys, I guess. Mm. I, I know that I'm having two, two sisters. I didn't really identify with them and having, um, you know, a female cousin and, and what they were interested in. Um, and yeah, I think from that point, um, I remember like talking to, um, yeah, my, my mum about it and yeah, realizing that I just kind of was different to the other kids that I was hanging out with. And mm. I think, um, up until I guess like the ages of, um, 10, maybe 10, 11, I was still turning my swimming costumes into speedos. <laughs> so... I think um, that that was sort of, yeah, if you could look at any photos of me in the pool uh, until that age, it, it probably explains why I have a lot of moulds on my chest area. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I just didn't see myself um, as female as female at all. Like, yeah, and I think um, the earliest memory would have been around, yeah, like you being four years old, three years old. Wow. So did you, you didn't see yourself as female, but did you see yourself as male or it was really just not gendered? Well, I think, um, you know, you grow up and there's just two genders. Yeah. And so I definitely saw myself as, as male. Okay. So in that case, how did you come to realize that actually gender neutral was the right fit for you? Yeah. Um, well, I guess like, it wasn't until I started, I was quite late, although being um, part of the queer community since 16, um, mm -hmm. I was very late to realising that there were alternatives to um, male and female. And it wasn't until I started sort of looking into that um, in around 2013 that I came across a, um, I guess you'd call it a podcast on, well, it wasn't a podcast, but it was a YouTube video of yep. um, someone uh, named Casper and I saw their video and around their chest surgery and um, how they viewed themselves. Really? And so I didn't know that Casper was the catalyst. That's really interesting. 
Yeah, and so I, I guess like I was also exploring, it was the first time in a long time that I'd really actively thought about my gender and, um, you know, there being an alternative to being female. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't like, you know, you, you're looking at lots of different Instagrams of trans guys and um, YouTube clips of trans guys, but then sort of, you know, not quite fitting with that either. And so, um, yeah, I came across Casper and realised, um, you know, the most important thing for me was having the flat chest that I'd always kind of um, envisioned myself mm-hmm. with. And I guess Casper gave me a kind of framework around that, that there was a, you know, um, an alternative to female to male. Hmm. So you mentioned that you want to have a flat chest and that's a, a main thing that I guess will come with this transition. What other changes have you made or are you going to make in your transition? Um, I think um, trying to build a frame that fits um, the way that I, I guess, physically view myself. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, my personal trainer, Simon, Um, I guess around minimising the curves and trying to get a more androgynous um, physique happening. Yeah. So that's physical changes, obviously. Yeah. And some of those are just some personal training. And the flat chest? Yeah, so I've got chest surgery booked for March next year. Um, And so that'll um, really help, I think, in feeling comfortable in the body that I was born into and aligning myself with how emotionally um, and mentally that I feel, you know, who I feel Dylan is. Cool. And what other changes have you made other or are you going to make other than your uh, sort of physical appearance to feel that you now fit this new category of gender neutral? Yeah, like so I've chosen a name, the most obvious um, change I guess so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a name that I felt was gender neutral, but also um, I think just really fits. Yeah, I remember when you first wanted to be called Jessie and I vetoed that. <laughs> yeah, that was an um, interesting choice at the time. Yeah, and something else, I can't remember. Leo? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not Leo. Mm. Sorry. For those who have only met me um, as Dylan, they kind of just, yeah, they, they see that name uh, fitting me really well personality-wise as yeah, well. Yeah, I think it works. Um, and I guess alongside that, I've um, been emotionally, guess, I guess, getting attuned to, to myself and, and, you know, feeling comfortable in a space that um, is outside of the gender binary. Yeah, so I guess uh, that's obviously an emotional transition and it's something that nobody else can see, really. Kind of like mine, I guess, in a way. No one can see my transition and my feelings around it. It's very introverted. Hmm. Do you feel the same about that? Yeah, I think, um, and I think that's why having um, the consistency in terms of like seeing the same psych for a few years now um, has been really helpful because she often points out subtle changes, I guess, Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have maybe um, identified myself. Good to know. So you mentioned that you've seen a psychologist. What other support have you had in this process? 
Yeah, so I've been seeing um, Rainer since it uh, would have been 2013, um, which is a fairly long time, I guess, a mm. long-term psychologist relationship. Seven times a week, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think, um, yeah, just I didn't go to see her initially for those reasons, but luckily um, it turns out that she's um, pretty across the trans stuff and so mm. has been incredibly um, supportive and just, I guess, um, a good source of information as well. Um, I've had you, of course, <laughs> um, who initially kind of, I guess, identified that, you know, um, I could be transgender about six months into our relationship. You did mention, though, that you kind of had feelings about it from when you were young, so it wasn't like out of the blue Yeah, <laughs> I said maybe you were transgender. Yeah, but I think your background and with the telephone counselling and stuff that you'd been doing um, at that time, it kind of, um, yeah, put it at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really lucky I've had um, really supportive friends, mm-hmm. um, family. So how did your family react when you came out to them? Um... Yeah, I think um, mum, you know, had always had an inkling. Mm-hmm. She definitely um, always knew that I would be gay. <laughs> um, and I think with my dad as well, you know, he said that um, he was surprised that I wasn't female to male. I think he initially mm-hmm. thought that that was a really good fit um, because up until, you know, the age of 16, 17, I was always... Um, you know, misgendered as his son whenever we'd be out (laughs) together. And um, so, you know, he was really great. He handled this much better than the coming out phase (laughs) of, you know, when I first came out. um, As gay. As gay. He um, wasn't quite okay with that. It took him a few years to, I guess, um, understand it and accept it. But with this, you know, he was researching. He came out and he was researching uh, bottom surgery. (laughs) <laughs> and I had to, I had to explain that that wasn't um, exactly where I was going to go with with this transition. That's pretty supportive, though, especially for a father from our generation. I mean, not yeah. to stereotype, but an ex-army as well. You know, yeah. he was quite conservative um, in that way. And I think as well, you know, he's watched a lot of um, documentaries, and he always calls me if something's on that's related mm. to. Um, anything to do with transgender, whether it be female to male, male to female. Um, and so I think that he's, yeah, definitely taken an interest in this change. That's great. Has your mum been as uh, overtly supportive or more subtle support? Um, I think mum, when I first told her, yeah, like I think nothing phases my mum, <laughs> um, which is good, but mum's always been um, my biggest supporter. Uh, I guess what most surprised me was the positive reactions of both of my sisters. Yeah, how's it? I just didn't expect. I remember, like, um, standing... It was not too long after our first kind of conversation. I was standing outside of um, Clem's Chicken Shop in Newtown. <laughs> and then <laughs> our favourite haunt. <laughs> and I was uh, talking on the phone to Kate first. Mm-hmm. And I sort of said, look, how would you feel... Um, you know about me like being transgender and at that point I was still exploring like you know what that would look like for me Mm -hmm. and so we talked about hormones we talked about chest surgery and that was the only definite for me that I knew that I really kind of like I hadn't felt 
good about the chest since puberty here. Yeah. And so and she just said, look, I just want you to be happy, whatever that looks like, um, which was really great. And, mm. you know, Amanda from the start um, has been really supportive um, and really interested and, and, you know, with Alyssa um, had already sort of started thinking about how it's my little niece. Um, I remember when we told her actually, it was pretty cute. At the hospital? Yeah. yeah, we were in the hospital and for Amanda, Amanda was having another baby. Two babies. Two babies, twins. Yeah. And uh, Alyssa was there and there was kind of a hush between all of us like, should we tell her now? Should we tell her now? And we did, but it was like, I think, what did you say? Well, like I, I bent down um, to try and get on the <laughs> level and she was just so excited, I think, to see us. Um, and also she knew she was going downstairs to get some hot chips. <laughs> but I, I bent down and I grabbed her I said, hey, look, look at me. Um, to tell you something really important. And she said, I already know. And I said, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, you're not going to be Aunt Elisa anymore. And I was like, what? And she was just like, yeah, I heard mommy and daddy talking. And then she said, she grabbed my hand. She said, can we go play? <laughs> and that was it. That was all that she needed to know and and since then i've just been dylan to her actually on that note one of the funniest sweetest actually things that i remember you saying around that period when the name changed was about how uh, lee amanda's husband uh said something like accidentally said the old name and Alyssa came running and said no dylan and corrected it and it's just amazing how kids respond like that isn't it they're so resilient and they just don't care yeah, yeah, it doesn't, um, it doesn't face her at mm. all, and um, yeah, and she's never asked, <laughs> she's never looked back, it's just been okay <laughs> from, so I don't know what conversation you're having, Amanda and Lee, but good conversation. <laughs> That's funny. I guess at some point, though, we will have to explain to her uh, why the name change happened. Have you got any sort of... Yeah, I bought a book. Yeah? Yeah. What's the book about? <laughs> uh, it's about a teddy bear, and... Um, Teddy has a little child um, who is uh, her friend, I think. Her friend. So I think that initially Teddy is a boy, then Teddy transitions. Yeah, Teddy wants to wear dresses and um, changes uh, her name. And so initially Teddy is a he, mm -hmm. and then he goes on a journey and um, he becomes she. Mm. What a great book. I think there's a few out there actually that are about um, transgender female to male or male to female, but I don't actually know if there's any that are specifically about gender neutral. Maybe there's a marker for that. I think I should hmm. write one. So um, we've been through the support from your family and their reactions. What about work's reaction? Because I think that'd be something pretty scary for most people. Yeah, no, I was really fortunate. I'm not going to name the company that I work for, um, but um, yeah, I was, I was very lucky. Um, and it's one of those things, um, my regional director doesn't work there anymore, but I remember the conversation where we spoke about it because I was about to come out to my team, I guess, and the broader program. And, you know, I've said this to her um, recently and, and also I sort of um, said it to her a little while ago as well, but that conversation and her response, um, you know, really convinced me that this was something that I could do and that it wouldn't have a detrimental impact on my career. And, and up into that conversation um, where she cried, then I cried, um, <laughs> you know, I, I actually hadn't thought I'd be able to go through with it because I, I really did think it would be um, career suicide. I, I didn't know how, um, you know, my job requires networking with a lot of different people. Um, mm. 
in a very conservative kind of space as well um, with some of the communities that we work with and um, I just didn't really think it was viable and so even though I kind of knew that it needed to happen because I was becoming more and more unhappy um, you know the more awareness I gained I guess I I wasn't sure into that conversation um, that I could actually even go through with it and from that what was really great is the you know um, HR team were awesome they sent me you know an email and gave me a follow-up phone call and said you know um, we're really proud of you we think it's really brave it's really great and if anybody you know basically gives you any shit come to us and we'll sort it out and Mm -hmm. so having a company that um I'm probably the first I think transgender person in this company um but having a company that went out of its way to really support me and turn it into something positive I guess for the company as well um just yeah made the world of difference and from that I told my team and um yeah I think in hindsight we told them after reflective supervision um where we sort of studied a really hectic child protection case and so I needed to tell them though because the name change was coming out and um yeah it was just I think um a lot of emotion in that room a lot of tears and then um, we were about to go for a drink when Amanda went into labor or premature labor Your sister, Amanda. Yeah. with the twins and so like it was sort of um I forgot it was that day that was a big day yeah it was a very big day <laughs> and so um so yeah like they were incredibly supportive and um you know, the whole region was very supportive and for the most part, the name change has just gone seamlessly. There's still one or two people that slip up occasionally, but they're very quick to correct themselves. And, you know, as long as it's a genuine um, mistake and it's not a deliberate um, kind of use of the old name, like mm. they know that I'm very laid back and I haven't had to pull anybody up. Um, and, yeah, my career has gone from strength to strength. There hasn't been, even in those networking higher-level spaces, um, I did have to kind of explain. I had a very um, awesome colleague of mine who also let people in those um, stakeholder relationships sort of know about the change. So I really didn't have to do too much work and people have just accepted the name change and it's business as usual. That's so great. Yeah. Even families. I had a mum, one of my caseworkers, knew about the name changing and when I had to see them again, just said, yeah, I think it's really... Um, really amazing. The family did. Yeah, the mum. Mm, the mum said amazing. that. I said, "Good name. I like the name." <laughs> I didn't think the other name suited you. That's funny. <laughs> so to to have a parent kind of yeah say that yeah was pretty cool. And what about your friends? Did do you think it came as a shock to them or not shock? No, I don't think it came as a shock to. I mean, if it did, no one said anything. Um, but I think for the most part, um, everybody, it just kind of makes sense. That's kind of what people have said, like, whenever I talk about, um, yeah, the the transition just mm-hmm. makes sense to them. And your surprise naming party was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was really <laughs> cool to have a surprise naming party in, like, in November, I think. Um, and, yeah, just to see all of that support and... Um, I think it's, I've been very lucky to have so many people be uh, so loving and so accepting and it's it's made everything um, a lot easier, especially because I think, you know, um, being genderqueer, mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit not as widely kind of known and mm-hmm. so um, for those who kind of, yeah, may not have come across that before but to still be so open-minded, it's yeah. been really great. 
So do you think that it's made it more, um, not necessarily difficult, but more interesting or, you know, posed more challenges being uh, gender queer, gender neutral, gender non-binary, whatever you'd like to call it, um, versus being transgender female to male? Because I know, like my family, for example, some of them have said to me, I know she's not transgender. And I say, well, they, but also, um, this is transgender because I don't think people realize that transgender doesn't mean female to male or male to female. It means born in the wrong gender, I guess, and it, it can be anything. So do you think that's posed more difficulties that people, or more challenges that people don't know what actual genderqueerness means, or do you think it's kind of made it easier or neither? Yeah, um, I think it was just, um, the challenges I think were around, uh, like I'm very lucky to have the GP that I have and the psych that I have, mm-hmm. because I think otherwise getting the um, approval for chest surgery. Oh yeah, right. So the governmental policies. Yeah, and could have could have been really hard because you know obviously not identifying as male and not being on hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just again like the, I think every transition has its challenges yeah um but i think the thing that i'm i guess most worried about is the although i'm very proud of the x on my passport um yeah worried about you know what that will look like when i go to visit certain countries Mm. Um, but what's been really great like even changing over um my health insurance and super and stuff like that you know um if there was an other box from aside from male and female they were more than like you know that people were asking hey what do you want to what you want to tick um, as a gender marker is it male yeah. now or is it other and when there wasn't another option i had to say I'm like okay well i can put male in for you it's like oh no like actually that's kind of like not going to fit either mm. they you know these were really um Aussie kind of people in the phone, but still saying, oh, gee, that's kind of crap, isn't it? Like, we really, <laughs> we really need to upgrade our system so there's yeah. other options that people can take. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I don't think it's been necessarily more challenging. Mm. Just um, some of the things that we've encountered, like, I think when I went to change my passport at the at Bankstown post office, <laughs> um, the lady had never, she was very pleasant, but she'd never come across... Um, a transgender person, be that uh, male to female, female to male, or uh, gender non-binary. And so, um, you know, it's peak hour. It's full of very conservative people because mm. Bankstown's quite conservative and she's having a very loud kind of conversation <laughs> with me about, you know, isn't this interesting? <laughs> so that, that was, I guess, like the, yeah, most challenging part probably. Yeah. Um, on a sort of side note, actually, as of July 1st this year, all governmental documents should have a box for female, male, and other. Um, I don't know if that includes things like health insurance, because, I mean, they are private sectors, but it's related to the government, so I don't know. But hopefully, because the government's pushing it, hopefully everything else will be pushed, so some of those issues will be um, not so prominent, I guess. Mm, that'd be good. Um, yeah, exactly. So speaking of having to tick the wrong box, like ticking female or male because there is no other, or having to tick Ms, Mr, Mrs, because there's no um, prefix that suits you as well, how do you feel being misgendered like that? Or even in person, you know, if people 
people often say things like, hi ladies, what can I get you at the cafe? How does that make you feel? Yeah, it does. It makes you feel uncomfortable in the way that it always has. Mm. Um, I think that I've always been comfortable, more comfortable being identified as male, mm. um, growing up even. Um, but to get around that kind of stuff where I can, I just tick doctor. <laughs> Um, which I read somewhere recently that's actually illegal but like I don't have the time to do a PhD at the moment so uh, maybe that's, one day <laughs> that's just my get around kind of clause at the moment yeah. um, and sometimes I can tick MX yeah. but yeah it's, it's often um, if I can I also just get them to leave it off so I'm just Dylan mm-hmm. um, but yeah it does make me feel very uncomfortable like mm-hmm. especially at cafes um or like clothing stores and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and that's always made me feel uncomfortable, um, which is probably why I never try anything like mm. Do you think that you feel less uncomfortable now because maybe, um, because you, you've come out to everybody else and you're more certain of yourself and more comfortable in yourself, you feel less uncomfortable because you're like, oh, this is a one-off? Or do you think you feel more uncomfortable or neither, but maybe more uncomfortable because you're like, no, this really doesn't fit me. Yeah, I think I'm more aware. I think the closer that chest surgery gets, the more aware I become as well. Hmm. Interesting. And this is a bit of an awkward question because it involves me, but I think it's interesting. Um, what's it been like transitioning with a partner, with me, I guess? No holds barred, <coughs> say what you like. <laughs> um, I think that there's definite, definite positives. That's good, I guess. Um, <laughs> I think that you're very pragmatic and so um, in terms of, whereas I like to kind of just, I guess, sit and mm-hmm. kind of roll along like a wave, a slow wave, not a crashing wave. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that like at times my time frame was different to your time frame and you were kind of, I guess, just wanting a uh, definitive kind of end date. Yeah. Um, which was hard. And, but I think as well, um, you know, you were doing, you knew more about things than I did for a long time. You'd researched all of the chest surgery, you'd researched (laughs) the different doctors, um, and you were calling around to make appointments. And so there were positives to, I guess, your pragmatism as well, (laughs) as frustrating as it was at times. Um, I think that it's, you know, obviously having that support and that love um, is a huge positive. Mm. I think in some ways transitioning without a partner would you'd have a bit more freedom um, and you wouldn't have to worry about the other person's emotions and the impact of the transition I think that's the hardest is the impact and um, yeah you know like I'm a social worker so I'm used to being able to problem solve with people and to you know at least leave people with optimism and feeling a little bit better and Mm. I think for most social workers as well, as well as people, but especially, you know, it's common amongst social workers I talk to, it's the hardest when, you know, your partner's going through something and you just can't make it better. And when you're the cause of that, that's um, very hard. Yeah. Yeah. We had some pretty hard moments. We had some very (laughs) hard moments. Um, And so I think that that sort of, you know, there's there's no other option because I wouldn't choose not to be in a relationship with you. Um, but I think as well, yeah, I think 
it's uh, sort of like learning yourself again or accepting yourself whilst also having to hold your partner through that. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it was the same for me. I had to relearn your identity and work out my new identity as well. I guess we both had a similar situation. Um, mm. Do you think that the transition has affected our relationship? Uh, I think it has at times. I think, um, you know, there's been times where we've, we've, where I've been distant, I guess, distant. <laughs> and I think that there's been times where you've been um, anxious and mm-hmm. worried and lost. And I think that also, you know, um, I sort of like to do a lot of thinking and then come to a conclusion and share that conclusion. Whereas you like to be a part of the thought process and yeah. um, invited into that kind of space. And so I think that that kind of impacted as well. But once we've, once I'd made those definitive um, decisions around what I needed to be the best version of me and to feel comfortable um, as me, I think that we've been really united and, and strong. And so although it's adversely impacted on our relationship at points, um, mm-hmm. I do think that it's, it's brought us closer and that we know each other quite well and we've learned how to communicate together. And so um, I do think that it's sort of strengthened, yeah, our bond. I disagree. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with all of that, obviously. So what do you think would be the hardest part of the journey, the whole journey, encompassing everything? Um, I think, um, that weekend where you just cried (laughs) for like three days straight. Mm. Which time was that? (laughs) And I don't know whether that was after I definitively decided um, to have chest surgery. Um, and I think it was around the time that you watched the story of partners Mm. on Insight. Um, but I remember just, uh, you know, 72 hours of prolonged crying. <laughs> and I don't think I was the only one crying. <laughs> and not really being able to do much but just told you because there was nothing that I could say. Mm. And I think, um, you know, the, the hardest part, I think, as well, is that there wasn't much um, out there for partners of trans people um, that wasn't really focused on either the relationship turning to shit and the trans person turning into an asshole <laughs> um, or, you know, ways to support your trans partner. Mm. And so I think it's valid. Like, I think that, you know, you do need to support your partner in life, um, whether you're transitioning or not. Um, and I know that I'm very fortunate. I know that everybody has their own kind of transition and some have it much harder than others. Um, and so that's more and more important. Um, but I think as well, just that lack of information out there with positive experiences, particularly for lesbian mm. couples where one partner transitions. I think there's quite a bit out there for partners. I mean, not a lot, but there's a bit for partners of people who are um, transitioning or have transitioned to from female to male or male to female, but there's really virtually nothing out there at all for people who are genderqueer. Um, or gender neutral um, and that's quite hard because I think that poses a whole different sort of 
identity. And it also brings up a lot of different questions because you're really going into sort of uncharted territory. It's quite difficult. Um, and it'd be really good to be able to find that support. I guess that's part of what this podcast and the blog is all about. Hmm. Mm. So we just talked about the hardest part of the journey. What about a highlight of your journey so far? Uh, I think the naming party that you threw for me uh, in Bronte, that was one of the highlights. Just, mm-hmm. um, I think you tricked me into going for a walk <laughs> and we ended up at a pub. And um, yeah, everyone had turned up. You'd made an amazing mm-hmm. cheesecake. And As in it was like three cheeses stacked, not cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> And I love cheese over sweets. And there were, you know, um, everybody was there with um, gifts that, you know, started with Dylan, with a D for Dylan. Um, and Liz and Craig got me a hat that had Dylan on it, <laughs> which was really great. I still have that hat and wear that hat. And um, all the other gifts. And all the other gifts were amazing as well. But just like having all my special people and all those people that are special to us as well, mm. um, who made the effort to get there, um, even just for a little while. Yeah, I think think that was a really special day for me too because I remember um, I don't deal very well with change in general so I guess I was already at a bit of a disadvantage, (laughs) it's clearly something I should work on, at a bit of a disadvantage when we started all of these transitions in the process and I know I was finding um, the idea of the name change really hard and I felt like it sort of ended a whole chapter of our relationship and obviously that's not true. I think I was also a little overdramatic, but um, I was finding the name change quite difficult, but seeing this amazing outpouring of love from people that both of us really cared about, was really special. Yeah. It was really, really special, and I was very hungover the next day. <laughs> I didn't know that. So if you could go back in time and change any part of your transition, of the process, of anything, what would it be? Would it be anything? I don't think I'd change anything because I, I do think that everything happens in time for a reason, Ooh. as my mum would say. <laughs> uh, don't roll your eyes. Um, but I, I guess, like, the thing that um, if I could change anything, I probably would have done it sooner. Mm. How would you describe your life now compared to before your transition? Or Obviously, it's not complete, but before this process started. I think that I'm a lot more self-confident. Um, and like genuinely self-confident, not like kind of faking it. Um, you must be really confident because you're pretty confident (laughs) before. (laughs) Some would say arrogant. (laughs) Um, and I think that I, I'm happier. I'm so much happier and I feel, you know, like, yeah, I just feel like I'm, I'm who I always was, but I'm finally, you know, I've got a name that matches that. Um, I have a passport that matches that I am changing my pronoun to match that and you know in March I'll have the chest that I always kind of saw myself with so I think um, you know life wasn't bad before Dylan but definitely um, life makes a lot more sense now that I'm Dylan. Hmm. What advice would you give to somebody else that's questioning their gender? Uh, I think, yeah, like I know that there were points where I kind of questioned it when I was younger, but I didn't, you know, you didn't have the internet when I was that young. (laughs) Um, 
And then when I was a teenager and, you know, realised that I liked kissing girls, it just made sense to be a lesbian. Mm. So I think now, like, I guess there's a lot more information available um, about, um, you know, there being more than just male and female as well. Um, and so I think just, you know, don't quieten that voice. and Explore earlier. Yeah, explore earlier. You know, talk to your friends who are most likely going to hopefully in this day and age, um, mm. support you and just look at, you know, find an awesome psych um, <laughs> who specialises, um, you know, working with the transgender mm. community and just um, really unpack it because you don't want to get to 30 and still not feel that you are who you are. Yeah, really at one line. Yeah. So you just mentioned as well that um, there wasn't information about gender neutral at all when you were younger and, or anything else really because we didn't have the internet but obviously the internet came in at some point uh, when you did start researching was there a lot about what gender neutral or gender queer gender non-binary oh. it does all mean the same thing right right well yeah. for me it does yeah i'm sure there'll be people with different um yeah but we just pretend to change i use them interchangeably yeah. yeah um i think that um there's quite a bit more out there if you know where to look but I think as well, like, I don't think that my, um, yeah, I think for a long time I was researching just uh, female to male. I didn't really know there was an alternative yeah. option um, to that. And it wasn't until, um, yeah, I, I guess I came across Casper's YouTube that I really kind of remembered hearing about other people um, that I'd met along the way at various parties who were um, gender neutral. I guess it just shows how lucky we are to have a wider variety of resources these days. And hopefully it's only going to get wider and people will feel more confident exploring their gender in any way that suits them. Yeah, I think for me as well, Instagram is still a good, a good source. Good to know. I think that about covers everything. Um, thanks so much for chatting, Dylan.